Company Watch Financial Analytics. Hello and welcome to the Company Watch Coronavirus podcast. I'm Joe Kettner, CEO of Company Watch, and I'm joined by Nick Hood, Financial and Commercial Risk Analyst. Welcome, Nick. Good morning. We are recording today, um, as promised, actually, on the 11th of September, and that's to coincide with the release a couple of hours ago of the July GDP figures for the UK. So the headline is that GDP in July grew by 6.6% compared to June, um, which itself had grown by 8.7% compared to May. That was slightly, so the July figures were slightly under economist expectations by like 0.1%, I think, but broadly we're in line with where we, where we thought we were going to be. Um, but as the ONS themselves pointed out, we're still 11.7% lower than pre-pandemic. So we've got more than half of the loss to, um, to make up. Um, we've got some sectors. I know, Nick, you've, you've done a heroic effort and you've been through it in the space of, I think, what would be three hours since the, um, the publication was released. You've gone through it with quite a fine tooth comb to have a look at some of the, the particular sectors that are of interest that we should um, talk about. Um, I suppose headline, the, the, again, the things that, that come out on the summary before we go into the deep dive is that there have been strong growth in certain sectors, um, I think education pubs and so on. Manufacturing, again, is improved, but it's below, you know, the, the growth is slowing. So I think the manufacturing was at 6.3% growth, which was slower than the 11% um, that were shown in, in June. So, you know, there's possibly some warning signs there. But Nick, shall I hand over to you? Do you want to start picking out those kind of more interesting, detailed analysis? Um, yeah, thanks, Joe. Um, Yes, where I wanted to start, uh, we'll get into the detail um, and some and some headlines because my gosh, there is a lot of detail going on here. Um, uh, what I wanted to start with was um, some comments that have come out this morning from people, you know, for for whom looking at this sort of stuff is 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 their job and their <clears throat> and their raison d'être. And um, I picked out from social media three comments from three leading BBC people. Um, the first one, and I know all of these people very well, so I trust their judgment about these things. There's Andy Veritis. Uh, let's start with him. He's the BBC economics editor. You'll see him on TV on the news bulletins. Um, and he, he says uh, July 2020 G GDP is now... 18.6% above the April low, uh, it's still 11.7% below pre-pandemic, which is what we've already said. Um, and, uh, but he, he, very simple comment at the end of his post, he just says, worth recalling the global financial crisis, the peak to trough saw the economy only shrink by 6.9%. Wow. And that really, that really brings it to home, doesn't it? Goodness. Because for those who were, you know, um, deep into, into the, the global financial crisis, by goodness, we thought the end of the world had come. We really did. And it was 6.9%. 6, 6 Here we are talking about a different order yeah, of magnitude. Yeah, a different order of sale. Um, there's then Darshini David, who is the who has a brief for the BBC to talk about trade, both UK and international, and uh, she says, <coughs> pardon me, uh, bounce back will take far longer than the drop, we know. Yeah. Um, but to what extent could that recovery be derailed if we see restrictions intensify again? And um, just to pick that particular point up, uh, The Guardian this morning is um, 
commenting and, and quoting uh, specific examples of from the hospitality trade of uh, pubs, restaurants and hotels um, reporting immediate large-scale cancellation of bookings for Christmas yeah. because of the change in the restrictions this week. And that's and, not surprising because if you're listening to the press conference, I don't know if you, you've um, watched some of the, the conference earlier in the week, and certainly yes. Christmas Eve was very um, reluctant to put any kind of um, timescale on these on these restrictions. But, but, but mention spring. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. so I mean, I think officially um, Christmas is cancelled. And, and actually one little silly little um, um, read across in the Guardian piece is to point out that it won't just affect hospitality, it'll affect retail, uh, sorry, it'll affect fashion retailers. Yeah. Because of course, if people are going to family do's or office parties, they buy clothes for it. Absolutely. And goodness knows the fashion trade has enough problems without that. Mm. Yeah, I think that's um, I think that's 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 quite interesting to start seeing these these. I mean, we've talked about this so many times, haven't we? Those ripple effects and and yep. the unintended consequences. Yep. But um, yeah, that's, that's very true. Yeah, and the last one is is one of the senior um, business producers at the BBC, a, a, a lovely guy called Johnny Cassidy, <clears throat> very anarchic but very good journalist, and he just says he comments about. Um, you know, GDP grew by 6.6%, less than in June. Um, August figure likely to be good as well because of the Rishi Dishi um, scheme. But the question is, what then? No more pent-up demand and furlough wind down. Where's the growth likely to come Mm. from? And with the new new restrictions New restrictions. So um, enough of all of of, of that sort of high-level comment. Um, when you dive into these things a little bit, um, you find, I, I look particularly at two areas, um, services, which, you know, as we know, <clears throat> is the engine of the yeah. UK economy. And it's interesting, uh, one of the highlights is the, uh, the, the um, analysis between sectors that the ONS produces is irritating because it differs all over the release. It's, diff, you know, different sectors are in different places or they're, they're um, uh, consolidated so it's quite difficult but there's a chart in there showing um the level of output that's that that some of the service sectors have got back to um by july by comparison with february pre-pandemic okay and is that adjusted seasonally as well i mean because you would expect there are some sectors absolutely it's adjusted seasonally yeah and um, the one that comes, uh, come, you know, the, the the bottom of the chart is accommodation and food services, which is only back to 40% of pre-pandemic levels. And then a real little nugget hidden away even deeper, although it is referred to in the summary, as you pointed out, Joe, uh, when we were talking before, um, the accommodation numbers would be even worse, so it's hotels, mm. um, uh, yeah. I suppose Air, Airbnb, Airbnb is probably in there mm. as well, um, would be even worse, but for an absolute explosion in July of outdoor staycationing, otherwise known as camping. <laughs> and the figures for use of campsites <laughs> wow. are off the chart. 
It's funny, isn't it? Because I, I, when I heard that this morning, that was, it was picked up on the ONS release. Like, why are they talking about campsites? And I hadn't, I hadn't delved in the figures as you had, but it's extraordinary, isn't it? The, um, well, well, it's 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 great for 2020. I suspect there'll be an awful lot of families or an awful lot of kids that will never ever want to camp <laughs> never again. ever again. So, <laughs> heaven help the campsite operators in 2021 <laughs> and beyond. Um, the the other one that's rather sad is um, if you look at arts, entertainment, recreation. Yeah. Um, that's at about. 68%, so about two-thirds, um, mm. the level of pre-pandemics. But as we know, big chunks of the arts world um, were either uh, either are not yet open or certainly weren't open in July. No, no. no. I mean, so, so that was the the that was that one. I also looked, uh, there's a fascinating bar. Gosh, do, do you ever find out how, what a nerd you are when you look at the ONS um, GDP figures? It's <laughs> a truly fascinating bar chart <clears throat> about manufacturing. And, and it shows in granular detail all sorts of subsections um, <clears throat> within manufacturing and the, the change in output between February 2020 and July 2020. Right. Okay. There are some winners. <clears throat> there are some winners, probably 10. The biggest one with a 15% gain, is the manufacture of grain mill products, which is <laughs> home baking. Home baking. <clears throat> home baking. Yeah. And, of course, yeah. as you would expect, um, a 12% gain on pharmaceutical manufacturing. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. But when you look, and here's another sort of um, clear indication of what's going on in the fashion trade, the biggest loser with a sort of 35% drop was the manufacture of what they describe as wearing apparel. Oh, really? Clothing. 35% drop, gosh. Clothing. And, of course, as you would expect, um, a 25% drop in the manufacture of air and spacecraft um, equipment. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And yeah. furniture, down 24%. Um, and, and, and one little slightly sort of uh, lighter touch thing, uh, a, a severe drop in the 10% drop in the manufacture of soft drinks, but a 2% rise in the manufacture of alcoholic drinks. <laughs> so we're taking... Anecdotally, that doesn't... We're taking, we're taking less tonic with our gin, quite clearly, <laughs> with that one. Um, so that's manufacturing. And also looked a little bit at construction, which is dear to my heart, having having worked in the sector in, in, in an earlier incarnation. Mm-hmm. And uh, construction output grew by 17.6%. Again, in, in this July. comparative piece, this is comparing comparing February to July. Yeah, that's uh, no, no, that's July. That's oh, that just July. July, July is seventeen point six percent. Okay, but that again, like all the other main sectors, is dropping. It, it was twenty three point six percent in in June, um, and of course, the sector is still well. What is it? Something like eleven point six percent still behind. Yeah, you know, even Pre-pandemic. after two or three good good months. Yeah. Um, and, remember, and bear in mind that the, it wasn't actually, although lots of construction did stop, it wasn't actually subject to the restrictions mm-hmm. in the same way that we all were. It was COVID secure and everything. So there, that, that picked up a lot earlier, didn't it? Than, it, it, it did. Um, I mean, it dropped 40% in April when, when mm-hmm. most things were shut because people were locked in. But uh, the driver for construction is new housing. New houses. Uh, particularly private new housing as opposed to... Um, uh, housing associations. Yeah. So um, that that grew thirty percent in July. Thirty percent. Thirty percent. Okay. You know. So so that really is what is um, 
what what is going on. And and I think what it highlights, I know we keep saying it, and, and apologies for banging on endlessly about it, but it's all very well looking at the ONS numbers and judging the economy on a macro basis. And it's all very well looking at you know, services versus manufacturing. The answer is you absolutely, you know, everybody with with uh, either credit or supply chain risk in, in the UK economy, you've got to go granular. You've yeah. got to look down and you've got to say, um, uh, you know, if my exposure in fashion uh, manufacturing is high you need to think about that very carefully mm. because that yeah and even within even within those sectors that are doing well i think there is you know there are going to be winners and losers as we've yeah. always said you know depending on the strength of the companies going into um sure. into the the pandemic will determine how how resilient they are coming out yeah. the other the other side yeah I mean, one, one very sad comment joe if i just butt in there sorry mm, sure. um the, the one of my um, friends uh, who worked with me on a couple of the uh, the Grimsey uh, retail reviews uh, is a lovely lady called um, Ava Pascoe, who was the founder of the very first um, cyber cafe back in the oh, wow. 1990s here, mm-hmm. way before her time. And she's an e-commerce guru you know, beyond all imagining. Uh, she, mm-hmm. uh, she advises many retailers and hospitality businesses on their e-commerce strategy. And she points out you know, rather wistfully that her sector is up 20% this, yeah. this year. Of course, she's in e-commerce. She's, yeah. she's online Unsurprising. Mm-hmm. Um, on, on that. But as she points out, it's all very well, but it's a highly automated, robotic-driven mm. sector. And so the, 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 what did she say? Um, not many folk from physical retailing will, will transition across. Mm. And I think that's true, isn't it? The definition, isn't it, of, of scalability, and that's what yeah. all the fintechs are going for, is that you increase your revenue without increasing the, the people yeah. count. In fact, reducing your headcount um, yeah. as things get automated. So I think that is a and, – and, you know, we know the furlough scheme is is coming to an end and not, the signals from government are very strong that, that you know, as mm. we talked about last week, that that's not going to be extended even as a kind of sector-specific way. Um, I think the other thing that we really do need to talk about is – um, Brexit, and I think we've been a bit unfashionable when it comes to um, certainly the Bank of England um, reports and the OBR, both of which have have had, you know, I think two there were two lines in the Bank of England um, Monetary Policy Committee in August, um, which basically said all our assumptions are on the basis that we have. Um, an immediate but orderly move to a comprehensive free, free trade agreement with the EU on the first of January, twenty twenty one. And, you know, with what's happened in the last couple of days with the government um, saying it's going to alter the withdrawal agreement unilaterally, you know, that's, that's really being put under quite a lot of, um, of doubt. You know, how, how much of this is sabre rattling, but certainly the, the signals from the EU side seem to be pretty serious that that's not going to be acceptable. And, and if the government does go ahead with its plans, then... And, 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 and you've the- got the Democrats in America saying, if you, do this, if you do this, um, even if we're not... Even if Trump's still president, we'll block any trade deal. Mm. And the Democrats are in charge of Congress, so they they can yeah. they can do that, can't they? Um, and yeah, you know, I think it's we're expecting another monetary policy committee report next week. I think on the seventeenth, that's coming out. And so I'm I'm hoping very much that that, that will address some of these issues about what happens um, to their central assumptions, which mm. already you know. They were on the optimistic side, but already we weren't seeing a recovery 
um, of GDP until I think the end of 2021, beginning of 2022, employment again, the peak in Q4 this year with a, a slow recovery um, in the course of next year. Um, and the, the I, I went through the I went through that document again this morning. And um, what does it say? The government has stated that it would be willing to trade with the EU without a free trade agreement, should such agreement not be reached. This would involve the introduction of tariffs on some goods traded with the EU and relative to the central case, greater non-tariff barriers to trade, um, such as more onerous border checks or higher regulatory barriers. The possibility of an orderly transition to such trading arrangements in line with government policy is therefore included in the fan charts. And they had these like very big um, tolerances. But then they go on to say that it would be at the, at the pessimistic side of those fan charts, the bottom side in that case. Yeah. And so, I do, you know, I do think that we we should be looking to say, you know, quite seriously now what happens in those. Um, and, and of course, you know, the one thing that you and I would agree with Andy Haldi, there are very few things that we would agree with Andy Haldi <laughs> at the Bank of England on. But one thing that he, you know, in this, this article he wrote for the Daily Mail a couple of weeks ago was about how important confidence is to economic recovery. You know, with, with pulling back the confidence of, of the restrictions, you know, the, the rule of six or um, however we're meant to remember it, um, adding the Brexit uncertainty on top of that, it's really not going to be good for people's confidence to spend and invest. And, and, and of course, his other latest theme um, was a fairly inhuman, or mm. inhumane perhaps, uh, um, series of comments that he believed that um, one upside of the, or almost the only upside of the, uh, of the crisis was that it would lead to uh, the non-survival of the non-fit don't think it's quite his words, but they're mine. You know that he 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 was basically saying it's always good to clear the dead wood out of the forest. Mm. That's and when you talk about people jobs, I mean that is just. I know, I know, it, and, and it, we can only hope that um, you know our lis- listeners who are um, who have risk in in the, the sectors that are going to be affected most by that sort of policy um, uh, are already mitigating the the downside risk of um, trading with the with the weaker people in, uh, in, in in every market, which and um, which it seems not to be um, going to be offered much more of a lifeline yeah. beyond the <clears> end of beyond the end of October. And, and and one final comment, Joe, just to just to throw in the, um, the British Chambers of Commerce um, and uh, somebody else. Anyway, they produced um, a survey with a quite interesting um, infographic. This is. Uh, Oh, the TSB, the bankers, apologies, um, and, and the British Chambers of Commerce that pointed out on, on a survey they, they did uh, last uh, in, in early August that, and this is predominantly SMEs, mm-hmm. 42% of their respondents, and this is some 500 businesses, so I think it's statistically, um, uh, it has integrity, Forty-two percent of these firms had taken on debt during the crisis. Wow! And bear in mind that uh, all the predictions are that if any significant number of those of that of that amount of that debt is bounced back loan, the current prediction is that up to half of those loans will default sometime next yes. year. Sometime next year. So again, a, a little sort of. Hint is uh, not that I suppose our listeners need it, um, that you need to be asking people with whom you have risk what's going on with their debts. 
mm. you know, what their level of borrowings is and how and how sustainable that is. Absolutely. And yeah, and and you know, you're right. I think there is um there's quite and that's starting to be talked about, isn't it? There's the the debt. Um, I think even in the Haldane piece um, that you mentioned earlier, there was talk about some kind of debt um, program to, to try and help businesses. Actually, and uh, you know that's it seems it, it seemed to us. I think we we were we were um, discussing a little bit by email that it's all very well trying to preserve the companies, but if you can lose your skilled employees, particularly in some of the kind of aviation sectors, yeah, um, you know yeah. It, what what is yeah, actually they- left to to save. The big reminder here is I um, I've written a number of blogs recently about this, and one of the one of the, the blogs was actually um, what is the um, the definition of insolvency, and I pointed out in that blog um, the case of a major um, uh, furniture retailer about three years ago that filed for administration when it had four and a half million pounds in the bank. And the problem for them was that they could pay their debts then. In fact, they had paid their debts yeah. post Christmas, you know, post the, the big selling season. And but they knew they couldn't buy the stock for the for the next Christmas season. Yeah. They didn't have the trade credit capacity or the or the cash flow. And so what I said in this blog was, and and it has never been truer than it is right now. In, in this pandemic, with all the government support schemes and all the forgiveness going on and all the postponement of of of, of uh, liabilities the fact that you can pay your bills now doesn't mean that you're solvent mm. because when these loans start when the when the the interest holiday on some of these loans ends when the repayment holiday ends when landlords can enforce um, uh, arrears of rent when the uh, deferred vat comes due what's going to happen and, it's, and we, you know, yeah. you're right. It's a it's a very um, it's a very big problem, isn't it? These, these schemes that are coming. You know, that I think we still we we haven't extended as we as far as we know beyond September for the moratorium on um, being able to enforce. Whether yeah. that will be extended again? Well, it may be. It's interesting. They've they've um, deferred again on um, private landlord evictions. Yes, yes, that's I saw the that. other side of Christmas yeah. now. Having extended yeah. for a month, it's now until the new year. Yeah. So you can have so maybe an indicator of so you can have Christmas on your on on your own um, uh, without your family in in the in the flat which you haven't paid your rent on for six months. Mm. Yeah, we've got big <laughs> we've got big things coming up that are going to need pretty big policy um, mm. uh, decisions, aren't there? Nick, thanks so much. Um, I, I just want to say my my um, last comment that I was going to um, make is interesting. Isn't it? We've talked over the, the the series of the alternative data and the fact that there, there's some of the more optimistic amongst our economist friends have been very keen to look at the spend data. Um, and I suspect we are going to start to see a, a pivot because August numbers are likely to be August GDP numbers are likely to be strong with the ETAP to help out. So we're going to we're going to suddenly go to where the lag data is showing quite an optimistic picture. And I think those spend figures, those newer figures, are going to start showing um, quite a, a more pessimistic um, view of what's happening in in the economy particularly with with brexit as we've talked about so it'd be interesting to see how the um how how fashionable those um, those new data sets are are still in, in those circles um so we'll pick up on the monetary policy committee report um next week i think we'll we'll re- record on the 17th or 18th i think um so thank you again nick so much for your
heroic work honestly with the um <laughs> the ons um, release um thanks to everybody for listening and goodbye Thank you.